Welcome to the Archives of The Loralee Show, conversation for exploration, timeless discussions to challenge and expand our worldview. And while you may find our guests fascinating, the views expressed may not necessarily reflect those of our own or of the Kuimange Institute. That's why we call it Conversation for Exploration. And join in our ongoing live events, interviews, our own presentations, and much, much more as we go exploring. Learn more at kuiamungainstitute.com and lauralee.com. And hello there, I'm Laura Lee, and thanks for tuning in to Conversation for Exploration. Have you ever looked up into the night sky and wondered if we're alone? Do you follow your intuition, ever had a profound dream, or wonder about the meaning of life? Are you noticing how the far out of yesterday has become the mainstream of today? Explore it all with me, here on The Laura Lee Show. Hi, I'm Laura Lee. An ethnobotanist once told me that shamans speak to the spirit of the plants that they use in healing. And they consider that the plant spirit is the real agent behind the cure. Well, a group of friends and I were once experimenting with this idea. We were walking along in the woods and talking about this. And we decided to test this idea, to test if we could hear the spirit of a plant speak to us. And so we randomly chose a plant, and then each of us silently asked the plant what its healing properties were. And then we listened. I felt a little tickle in my throat and the thought of cough, and I felt coughing. And then I thought, well, perhaps this is a signal that this plant relieves a cough. Well, then we had designated one person in the group to hear all of our answers whispered to her so that we would not uh, influence one another in our answers. And when she had listened to everyone's answer, what was this particular plant? What perhaps could its medicinal purposes be, if any? Well, interestingly enough, all were in the realm, all the answers were in the realm of relief for cough or itchy throat, something in that realm. Well, this is an unscientific, of course, but very intriguing experiment, I thought. Well, according to our next guest, there is only one active ingredient in plant medicine, and that is friendship. He says, a plant spirit heals a patient as a favor to its friend in dreaming, the doctor. And that many of the shamans would dream these kinds of Q&A. How does this plant do? How do we use it? What is the techniques for gathering it and its application? In a dream, get the answers in a dream. Herbalist Elliot Cowan joins us this next hour. He's the author of Plant Spirit Medicine, and he practices the techniques that he researches and writes about. Elliot, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Laura. Tell me a little bit about how you got interested in the spirit of plant medicine following this avenue? Well, uh, it began a long time ago. Actually, uh, I was many years ago in the late 60s, I was uh, living on a small truck farm and I had a, a goat who fell ill. And the local vet said that there was no cure for her, that uh, she was going to die. And uh, that sort of gave me a license to experiment with some other way to work with her. If she was going to die anyway, I figured I wasn't going to kill her off by trying something else. So um, I found an herbal... Nothing left to lose. You might as well experiment That's at that right. point. Yeah. So um, I found a uh, herbal uh, cure for her, and it worked. Now, 
that's what awakened me to the possibility of, uh, of herbal medicine in the first place. And I started practicing it uh, gingerly. Had a number of successes, but um, I also found out that uh, there was a lot more I needed to know that I couldn't find out by just reading books. You know, I felt that there was a lot more to the process of health and illness than uh, just a sort of a cookbook approach. And um, do this, get this result. You felt there was some deeper mystery there. That's right. That's right. And that sort of was what, uh, thanks to that goat, whose name was Eloise, um, that's what sort of uh, started me looking for the possibility of uh, the deeper medicine and the deeper mysteries that uh, plant healing uh, presents. Um, I have my own animal story. I had a pet dog, a wonderful Rottweiler named Ike, who Mm -hmm. fell ill, and I had only on a Sunday... uh, neighbor who happened to raise dogs and fed him and administered homeopathic medicines uh-huh. and this dog responded within hours and was just totally better and did so much better on homeopathic remedies than on conventional medicine mm-hmm. so and i thought if there's no substance in a homeopathic remedy but there is the energetic imprint right. and water would be a carrier wave then we are dealing with energies we are dealing with vibrations exactly. so we're now in the realm of plant spirit medicine mm-hmm. so could yes. you take it off from there how does a plant spirit medicine and a homeopathic remedy that's the closest i can get to it in something that i've tested, tried, applied. Uh-huh. Well, I, I like that story, uh, actually. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, I always, well, often offer to people who have a suspicion that this is just uh, has to do with uh, somehow your faith or wishful thinking or something like that. There's no way that anyone's going to talk a dog into getting better. Or, that's what I thought. He does not know the placebo effect here. That's right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very uh, significant thing that uh, these kinds of things work so well. To go that. further with my doc story, I had a dream one day that, uh, one night actually, that I came to me and said, I need nutritional yeast on my food. Please just sprinkle some on. I need that B vitamin. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? So, and then I thought I was reading your book and I'm going, okay, the shamans would get answers in their dreams. They would put out a quest and the spirit of the plant or the herb or the botanical would come to them and instruct them. That's right. Now, but let's not put that that in the past tense yet because (laughs) they're still doing that in some parts of the world. And you went out to interview some of these shamanic practitioners of plant spirit medicine. Tell us about that. Right. Well, actually, it was after I um, I discovered um, this business that I call plant spirit medicine. Was practicing it for some years, and, and uh, I got to the point where I figured it was time to write about it. And I started working on my book. Um, I had always thought that I wasn't alone; that this isn't something that I invented or fantasized. I thought there must be people um, doing this. Um, and so I started looking for them. Once I started looking for people, healers, who um, help other people to heal by invoking the spirit of the plant rather than the flesh of the plant, once I started looking for them, I turned them up everywhere. Um, and what I now see is that uh, if this is something that nobody's found before, it's because nobody is looking for it. You know, We don't usually find something that we're not looking for. 
Um, so I uh, contacted some of these people and uh, interviewed them, and uh, some of the interviews were so fascinating that uh, I thought they would be uh, good to include in the book, which I did. And uh, what what was the common ground that you found in their various stories, their various stories? Because you interviewed a number of them. Mm-hmm. They had something in common. Well, they had a number of things in common, but for me the most important thread was that these were people who realized that um, the most powerful um, possibility that plant medicine offers is the possibility of um, using the spirit of the plant to heal a person. Um, and they all, they're all people who had a great deal of experience with this and all sorts of wonderful successes and so forth. Um, this is this is a, a thing that's a little bit uh, unique or out of the ordinary, at least for modern America. You know, um, well, it's no news that uh, our society has been so hypnotized, I should say, mm-hmm. by uh, the material aspects of life that we've uh, begun to forgot, begun to forget about uh, the non-material, the aspects of human life which are really much more important. The matters of the heart and the soul. And um, so I discovered that there's actually a worldwide tradition of plant spirit medicine, of people who recognize that not only do human beings have a heart and a soul that needs to be tended to if we're going to be well, Mm -hmm. but also that plants have a heart and a soul. And that's the part of the plant that's uniquely capable of touching the heart and the soul of a human being. Um, Like I say, I sort of reinvented the wheel in isolation later on um, I started reaching out and find found that I was uh, a part of a uh, well I hadn't invented something but I was sort of a revival movement because as I say I, I now feel that this is one of the great traditions of medicine uh, of humanity and it's gotten almost no attention whatsoever I really liked hearing your story that you told me about the ethnobotanist and saying oh, that the uh, that the plant healers uh, contact the spirit of the plant because uh, I'm happy to know that there's other people who know about this and I wish more of them would start writing about it. This ethnobotanist also told me that among the shamanic cultures there was no mental illness and I was intrigued by the chapter where you said blocks to healing you talked about soul loss yep. and in reading that description it fit very much in what he was telling me about that he, they would use the plants themselves to go into a trance or they would use dreaming or they would use drumming or something to induce a trance so they can go into the other world and help retrieve this fragment of this patient's soul and coax it back and that person would get better and I thought well how interesting because there's a self-help movement there today where it's kind of revival of this idea of finding the lost part of you to reconnect the the shadow side of you or the fragmented side of you or whatever and I thought how parallel to this ancient wisdom and we also just talked with Graham Hancock the last couple of hours about a worldwide t- tradition of which I'm very sure that plant medicine was part of this very ancient and worldwide culture because it fits perfectly into the cosmology of looking at the universe as being alive and interactive yeah. in consciousness. And uh, so this this does not come as a surprise to me. It, it fits perfectly in the context uh-huh. of some of the tracks that are being laid down by, by other researchers in other disciplines. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
We're going to come right back and uh, hear some more from Elliot Cowan on Plant Spirit Medicine. I'm Laura Lee. We are back on The Laura Lee Show. Hi, I'm Laura Lee, talking with Elliot Cowan on Plant Spirit Medicine. Um, Elliot, you've practiced this. Tell me what you do. You're an herbalist that practices what you've researched, I understand. That's right. Yes. Um, how, do you talk, how do you talk to the spirit of a, of a plant and an herb and a botanical? Well, um, the thing about uh, communicating with spirits is that in order to do that, it's not actually difficult. Everyone does it at night when you go to sleep and you dream. You know, uh, I think almost everybody remembers have, having a dream where you had a significant interaction of some sort with a being that uh, doesn't exist in ordinary waking reality. Okay. A talking animal, a fairy, a goddess, um, a person who's dead or unborn, or uh, a mythological creature, something of that description. You're going to tell me the spirit of a plant is no different. That's right. Well, well, my point is that in the dream state, it's very, very common and very easy and natural to have an interaction with spirits. Now, that's not easy or natural, perhaps not even possible in the normal waking state. Um, but in the dream state, it's quite a different matter. And uh, in the dream state, it's, as I say, we have access to uh, these kinds of interactions with spirits. Um, so the main thing about uh, communicating with the spirit and finding out uh, how it uh, would like to help people in, in trouble or in illness is to um, be able to enter into the dream state and be uh, purposeful about that. Normally, when we go to bed at night and we dream, we just sort of flow with wherever the dream takes us. But it is possible to enter the dream state uh, with a uh, purpose in mind. And uh, once we can do that, then it's uh, very easy, really, to, to communicate and make friends and allies with plant spirits. Uh, this harkens back to a conversation we had with uh, Robert Moss about conscious dreaming, in mm-hmm. which he said that, uh, all shamans will dream. You can't really be a shaman unless you dream and you remember right. your dreams and you participate in that retrieval of information yes. uh, from your dreams. And so shamans, are, I understand, also are self-elected. They are those members of any uh, community that naturally are open and uh, travel in their dreams purposefully. It's just a, an innate gift. Well, but it can be learned as well, those techniques. I'm, I know this. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm applying those. And Good. I had just the mere fact of getting a dream journal and saying, okay, I'm going to remember my dreams. Mm-hmm. My psyche cooperated, my memory cooperated, and boy, they were interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's quite phenomenal. It is. And um, another couple uh, questions I wanted to ask you was, when you talked with the various shamans, and in your book you talk about Don Enrique Salmon and Don yep. Lucio Campos and yep. Sharon Puki Evans and Tabal Agbaga Azos and Grandma Bertha Grove. Yes. <laughs> um, were they all dreamers? Where this is what they had in common? Yes, that is a common thread. Some of them were consciously able to talk to the spirit of the plants, though, as well. Yes, consciously, but always in an in a um, altered state of consciousness, which I call the dream state. You know, there's um, there's a number of ways of getting into the dream state. One of them, of course, is to uh, lie down and close your eyes and go to sleep and learn um, to be uh, conscious or lucid in your nighttime dreams. And that's a very ancient and well-honed shamanic practice. 
There are a couple other methods as well. One of them involves invoking the dream state by taking substances. And the third um, takes the help of uh, percussion sound, typically Twinning. drumming. Or rattling, shaking a rattle can do it. Or rattling, yes, um, that kind of thing. And that has a very powerful effect on the, on the psyche. It makes it very easy also to enter into an altered state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, um, the, the shamans that you mentioned that I talk about in my book, as well as, well, all others, they're all dreamers. They all do the, um, the work of, of shamanism. Is the work of um, learning from and um, learning from and bringing in the power of spirits into ordinary waking reality, and that can only be done in the dream state. So all shamans are dreamers of one sort or another. And we can be awake in our dreams as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, um, you also quote the poet in your book. You quote uh, poet Gary Snyder as saying. The way we kill our farm animals is a source of endless bad luck for our society. What do you mean by that? Or why did you? How is that significant to you? Well, I was uh, qu- quoting that or making reference to that in connection with pointing out about our relationship to plants. You know what I think Gary Snyder was getting at there has to do with the idea of karma, which is simply cause and effect. That. Um, the way you treat others is the way the universe treats you. Everything comes around. And uh, as a culture, the way we treat our animals, the way we give them, the kind of life we give them, the kind of death we give them, is very disrespectful. And um, that creates, if you will, a karma or a rebound for our society that creates what we call bad luck or misfortune. Um, that's the point he, he was trying to make. I think it would also be symptomatic of our own attitude towards life and towards ourself, and, and kind of the fundamental cosmology shows up in yes. some of these activities and yes. in our approach to them. So to me, it's symptomatic as well. Yeah, I agree with that. And the reason I mentioned that in my book, I was taking it one step further, and I said, well, if that's true, which I believe it is, then uh, maybe we should also take a look at the way we relate to plants and see if we're not uh, involving Mm -hmm. ourselves in some sort of karmic rebound there, too, because our relationship to plants is also very exploitative. We see them as other rather Mm -hmm. than as one of us, and uh, that creates uh, a karmic effect for us. But beyond that... Or shuts off that doorway. That's what I was getting at, yes. Uh, beyond the karmic rebound effect also we're missing a tremendous opportunity there because if we can learn to treat plants as fully conscious beings and and really wonderful healers Mm -hmm. as beings that uh, I like to say have never left the Garden of Eden you know they're still living there they're still living in that state of unity that we uh, are not and that makes them uh, very powerful it makes them beings that we can learn from, and it also makes them wonderful healers, because healing in a great part is coming back into the state of unity out of the pain of duality. And you say that uh, one spirit of the plant was quoted as saying, we can do nothing unless we are asked, so yes. I'm assuming that's an attribute there as well. Mm-hmm. And how can we even ask if we don't even recognize that, that possibility 
is there. Exactly. Yeah. When we come back, if you could tell us one quick story of how you participated with a plant spirit in the healing of someone, how does it work? Tell us, kind of go through the, the journey with us. The topic, Plant Spirit Medicine, that's also the title of his new book. I'm Laura Lee. Hi, I'm Laura Lee, and you're listening to The Laura Lee Show. We're talking with Elliot Cowan. He's an herbalist and the author of Plant Spirit Medicine. Elliot, could you tell us a quick story of how this process works? How is it that you can work with the spirit of a plant and effect a cure? Okay, well, um, the process itself is quite mysterious, but uh, I can tell you a story that sort of illustrates how, how it yes, goes. Yes, please, a good story is what I want. Okay. Uh, the one that comes to mind uh, right off the top of my head is uh, a, quite an attractive, successful uh, woman of, uh, in her mid-30s who came in, and uh, although she was quite vivacious, um, her main complaint was that uh, she had quite a bit of fatigue. And uh, the first thing I had to do in order to um, be able to call on a plant spirit to help her was to know who to call on, and uh, that would depend on what exactly was the cause of this fatigue. And um, in looking into her situation, I, f- I determined that um, she had evidently suffered from a great deal of emotional coldness early in her life. And she was trying to sort of compensate for that uh, later on in life by working very hard to be uh, cheerful so that everyone would uh, warm up to her and she wouldn't have to suffer from this sort of uh, coldness that she felt deep Trying in her heart. Trying to prevent it before it happened, in other words. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And she was working so hard at this that she would really tired herself out. And that was the re- result of that was the fatigue. So having determined that, then I called upon a plant friend that I had met previously in a dream uh, journey to the spirit of that plant, a plant that offered medicine that would bring laughter and warmth and joy and pleasure to a person's heart. And I called upon that plant and asked the spirit to come, uh, come to her and include her in its, uh, in its experience and its magic. Um, and what happened was, um, she, she left the office and she went home. She began to feel a little unwell and she lay down, felt sort of feverish and she started going through, um, reliving these experiences from early childhood in which she, she had, uh, really felt this coldness and rejection. And she, she spent about three hours in bed crying as she relived all these experiences that, they, that were being fleshed out of her system. After that time, she woke up, she got out of bed, she was perfectly fine, uh, her fatigue was gone, uh, she took a great deal more pleasure in all of her daily activities, eating, sleeping, uh, her sexual relationship with her husband, and so on. It was really quite... Uh, an astonishing transformation. Huh. Now, I had a similar dream where I asked a question, why is this persistent thing bothering me? And in the dream, I got a childhood experience that, I don't know if it was representative or if it was an actual experience, Mm -hmm. but I woke up and I said, oh, I see the connection. Let it go. I felt the weight lifted off my shoulders just by the realization. I didn't take a nerve, but can it work? I mean, it comes through many avenues, doesn't it? It this does. Understanding and healing. Yes, it certainly does. And for the simple asking a question, that was the simple 
mechanism. That was here. the that was the trigger for you. Yes, that's wonderful. Huh. Interesting. What a lovely process. This is an interactive universe after all, isn't it? There's more proof of it. But to the phone calls we go for Elliot Cowan on Plant Spirit Medicine. Let's start with uh, Brad in Boise, Idaho, listening to KIDL. Hello, Brad. Yes. Hi. How are hi. you? Good. Great. My question would be, more than anything, I've realized the benefits of just drinking natural tea. It's lowered my blood pressure. I was on and by drinking teas and basically paying a little bit more attention to uh, my diet, I've totally alleviated uh, blood pressure medicine. Wonderful. Congratulations. And, uh, well, congratulations was my first comment. So in other words, the herbs worked, and yet you didn't have to consciously participate in engaging a plant spirit in conversation. I was wondering about that, too. Well, yes, you know, plants are very, very helpful in healing on all all different levels. Um, you know, it's not always necessary to call on the spirit of a plant. It's, it's particularly useful to call on the spirit of the plant if the illness is spiritual or mental in its nature or its origin. But um, Herbs work on many levels. We're, herbs work on many levels, every level. So, uh, Brad, perhaps uh, your problem, you know, I don't know, but perhaps your problem was more of a, of a simple organic or um, physical problem that was alleviated by the physical um, properties or chemicals in the plant, and that's, that works very well. Those phytochemicals and those unusual molecules that make an herb a distinctive uh, herb are quite powerful, yep. and I'm sure that they're also carrier waves for a additional energetic quality of healing, mm -hmm. much as homeopathy is. Yes, and yeah. of course there are, there are moments when it's absolutely essential that we get at that um, essential quality or the energy, the spirit as a plant. Uh, there are other times when it's, it's not necessary. Uh, we had a, a gentleman on just last week, Jim May, on Stevia, and he was explaining that it, it depends on where this herb is grown, how potent it is, how much sunlight it gets, and yeah. really the, the reverence with which you treat it, uh, even on a mass scale, yeah. to how potent and how effective and, and, and all it is. So that, that begins to make sense as a continuum. Mm -hmm. Our next call comes from John in Minneapolis, listening to KSDP. Hello. Good morning. Hi there. Um, I had two questions. I had wondered um, if you heard of a uh, approach of a raw diet in Europe. They call it instinctotherapy. It's out of France. Mm -hmm. And my second question is, um, have you personally studied with the um, Findhorn people in, uh, in the Isles? Okay, John. Um, no, I'm not familiar with the diet that you're mentioning. So, um, I'm, unfortunately, I can I have no comment to make because uh, I, this is the first time I hear of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so far as the Finhorn people are concerned, um, I have never been to Finhorn. I have had many friends and patients and associates who have been there. I think it's an absolutely fascinating uh, place. And, of course, Finhorn was originally based on the relationship that people had to the plant spirits there. Uh, so it's uh, definitely a, a related sort of a... Uh, study. Of course, they were more interested in uh, information from plant spirits about agriculture. How to grow bigger, better tomatoes. Yeah, how to grow uh, vegetables in a place that was impossible for them to grow, according to the agricultural experts. 
and they demonstrated that uh, you know that the, the plant spirits were real, and the information was uh, was uh, for real. It was a great success in that way. Um, because they couldn't have grown the the quality of plants that they did, given the poor soil. So what what was the extra ingredient? So it did function as an experiment, didn't it? It did, and it was quite successful. And uh, so uh, I'm I'm very appreciative of that. And of course, my main interest um, is more along the line of medicine rather than agriculture. Although um, I appreciate I appreciate agriculture as well. But Findhorn also is, to me, an example of how ancient peoples could have happened on this, because modern people happened on this as well, without much reference or context. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just experimenting, listening to nature, pursuing what you, what they heard, and, and going from there. So, Yes, I found, you know, in speaking with uh, plant healers, plant spirit healers, that come out of an uh, indigenous society, uh, this is something that's very well known. It's, it's very, I mean, there's a, a tradition about this. Um, matter of fact, from many of these people's point of view, the idea that plants don't have a, a spirit is as preposterous as the idea that uh, some of us have that uh, plants do have a spirit. Or the story that you tell in your book is that it's preposterous to them that we would come down, take a plant, and extract one tiny part of it and expect it to work better than the entire plant would. Yeah. And that's not a, pay attention a, to them. That's something that, that makes the traditional people just break up with laughter. They can't imagine how people could be so stupid uh-huh. as to think that uh, you can you can have a plant work for people to get them better without having a relationship to that plant and the spirit of the plant. Thanks for that call, John. Next we have Dale in Coral Springs, Florida, listening to WFTL. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Welcome to WFTL. Thank you. Nice. And uh, I do have a question, but relating to what you said, a very important question, as a matter of fact, pertaining to what I'm going through. But as far as the spirituality of uh, plants with the body and the mind and the soul, I found in my personal experience that um, when I'm really down in the mouth or really funked out or depressed, I always find myself going to a plant store and buying a few plants and surrounding myself with plants. And I noticed that immediately my spirits are lifted. I feel much calmer, much better. My, my pressure is down. And now my terrace, I have a double terrace, and it's surrounded with beautiful plants. And when, they, when I see them dying, I immediately tend to them, and they come right back to bloom. And it's just very peaceful, serene, calming, spiritually, solely, and uh, every which way. And I want to know how plants could, or if it's possible, I'm sure it does in some way, take away a physical sickness uh, that might be detrimental to my health. Well, in principle, is it possible? Yes. Uh, and... Uh, those of us who practice this kind of medicine uh, see this happening all the time. Uh, of course, that's that's what plant spirit medicine is about. So yes, it it is possible. It does happen. The particulars of your situation, of course, uh, there's no way of knowing. Um, but um, there's it definitely does work. 
I had a similar experience with plants once. I have to tell a quick story. I was in my father's radio station working in a summer during high school, and they, they had this bank of plants, and they had an inch thick of dust on them, I swear. And so one day I took um, and polished the leaves and cleaned the leaves off and sprayed them down and, and shined them up and the whole thing. And the next day I walk in, back into work, and these plants had bloomed. They had new leaves sprouted, and they were all reaching for my desk. It was so funny. They can respond, boy, just from a little uh, tender, loving care. Our next call comes from David in Alameda, California. Still listening to KPIX. Hello. Hi, uh, Laura. I, Hi, David. I love your show. I don't get to listen to it every week. Shame on you. I was just looking for you on the Internet. Here Look- we go. Here you go. www.lauralee.com. Thank you. You have a great web page. I wanted to ask your... Um, speaker, it's a very interesting subject, if he's had any uh, contact with uh, one of our local guys here, uh, Terrence McKenna, and what he thinks of that line of thought. Oh, he's, Terrence McKenna also speaks of the spirit of the plants, or certain plants. Your thoughts on that, Elliot? I'm curious, too. Yes. Well, actually, no, Terrence and I have not met. I think we're aware of each other's work, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I think he has an awful lot to offer. Um, Terence, of course, uh, is a champion of plant consciousness, and I appreciate that aspect of his work. He's not particularly a healer or a, a practitioner um, in that way. He's more, what what would we call Terence? A philosopher? I don't know. He's quite a unique and, and, and genius uh, type of person. So, um, you know, he's definitely um, in tune with plant consciousness, and uh, and I I hope I am a bit as well. But uh, our approach is different in that I'm specifically interested in using the uh, intelligence and the spirit of plants to help people with their health problems. I see. Well, I started following this about 25 years ago when I read Gordon Watson. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there have been a long string of uh, ethnopharmacologists, I guess, if you call your field that. And I think it's certainly mo- some of the most important work that is being done. But what I wonder is why so many of those authors are out of vogue or they don't get the kind of play that they, that they should just because it's, uh, con- it's perceived to be a drug thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, fear and misunderstanding about that. But uh, on the other hand, the kind of plant spirit work that I do doesn't, rely on any ingestion of any molecules or anything of that You're talking, I mean, in your book you talk about mule and the herb and you talk about mugwort the herb and you talk about normal herbs that don't take you on a transcendental uh, journey um, in the sense of a hallucinogenic journey. Right. So there's well, that Well, thank you. I enjoy, well. uh, I enjoy your show. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for calling in. We'll come right back with the rest of your questions for... Elliot Cowan. His book is Plant Spirit Medicine. I'm Laura Lee. Hi, I'm Laura Lee, and you're listening to The Laura Lee Show. I want to comment on our last caller's comments, and he said that for him, the kind of material on plant spirit medicine and in other people's works, people looking at the, uh, working with the consciousness, if you will, of the plant kingdom is very important. Um, if you're looking for a copy of this work, it's uh, quite an interesting book. 
There are interviews with various shamans and those who work very directly with plant spirit medicines and uh, members of indigenous cultures for whom this is a long tradition. Uh, Elliot tells his own personal story and uh, there's uh, his work with specific herbs, quite common herbs and uh, stories of his own uh, dreams and work and and all of that. Um, Elliot, what more would you like to tell us so we can better understand plant spirit medicine? Well, you know, I think um, a number of the callers uh, and and yourself who have mentioned that they already have a relationship to plant spirits. You know, the woman who said that uh, she got a feeling of peace and tranquility, um, and you yourself have been instructed about medicinal properties and so forth. Oh, and I use herbs every day, and I love them. Yes. And so many people, you know, so many, almost all of us have some sort of relationship with plants that we get something from the plants that nourishes our soul in some way. Um, so I just want to... Uh, but even beyond just using an herb because it has certain benefits or it makes a wonderful tea, it's so interesting to note that here is a kingdom, we have access to it beyond the plant, mineral, and, and animal kingdom. Here's, here's an avenue here that can interact with us, that we can learn from, that we can journey with. It makes it such an interesting universe and this such an interesting adventure, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yeah. It certainly does. So that's what I'd like to just share with people that, uh, you know, so many doorways. Yes, it's a doorway, and it's, it's one that's already open, and all you have to do is walk through. And it's one that has been used by mankind for many, many millennia. It's a well-walked path. Indeed it is. Thank you, Elliot. Good luck on your work. Laura, thank you very much for having me. That was Elliot Cowan and Plant Spirit Medicine. That's also the title of his new book. I'm Laura Lee. Laura Lee Online www.lauralee.com